Welcome to the Christian Classical Corner with Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church and the Good Shepherd School Project, where we discuss Christian classical education as a way forward for educating God's children. Greetings, friends in Christ. My name is Margaret Douglas, and I am the headmistress of the Good Shepherd School Project at Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church. Let's talk some classical education. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. A collect for the first week of Advent. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Great to be with you and the whole KKVV family this morning for our last session of the Christian Classical Corner, discussing how a classical Christian approach to education can build up and sustain our children and youth in a way that truly prepares them to stand and fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil in our modern times. And the prayer that I prayed to start us off this morning, that's the prayer for the first week of Advent that began this past Sunday to help us get spiritually prepared in this Advent season. Like all the prayers that we pray here at the corner, that can be found in our Anglican Book of Common Prayer, and that's available online in PDF form at bcp2019.anglicanchurch.net if you'd like to use that for your own personal devotions. Once again, that website, bcp2019.anglicanchurch.net. Do check it out. And that prayer is beautiful because it really sets the tone for what Advent is all about. Now, some of you may be saying, so what is all this about Advent? What exactly is Advent? It's just the lead up to Christmas, right? We get those calendars full of pre-Christmas treats, anything from chocolates to coffees to bottles of wine, 24 days before the real Christmas presents, right? Yeah, well, that's certainly what the world would have you believe. We've been bombarded with things since the day they took down the Halloween decorations, and in some places, even a little before. <laughs> this is why I love Thanksgiving. It's not only a slight slowdown to the mad rush headlong into Christmas, but it's also a day, and for me at least, it's a month, of a time to reflect on what I'm really thankful for. What is it that Psalm 100 says? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. I absolutely love that psalm. It's an absolute favorite of mine. And it brings me right back to the themes of, or what should be the true themes of, 
Advent. So let's talk about this because, like the meme says, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but Advent has nothing to do with getting chocolates for 24 days before Christmas or wine or specialty teas or whatever other creative ideas that the consumerists have come up with to make you buy something for Advent. But those consumerists, (laughs) yeah, they are the voice that our children hear. And if we're not really serious about keeping Advent, keeping a holy Advent, and teaching it to our children as a special walk with the Lord in this special time of this year, those are the only voices that our children are going to hear. All right, so let's start with the basics, shall we? What is Advent? Well, first of all, it's a Latin word. Shocker for you, I know. Long-time listeners here know that the corner is always going to have some funky Latin or Greek words. Mostly, of course, because the early church had a lot of funky Latin and Greek words since they spoke languages like Latin and Koine Greek. So yeah, Advent, Latin, literally means to come. The prefix ad, meaning to or towards, and the root vent, meaning come. You've heard the old Latin version of O Come All Ye Faithful, right? The chorus. Venite adoremus. Venite adoremus. Venite adoremus. Dominum. Okay, you survived my singing. Well done, you. But that venite and the vent of advent, they're from the same word, and they both mean come. So ad, to or towards, vent, come, to come, or towards the coming, as it's sometimes translated. That's the whole point of Advent, focusing on the first coming of Christ and focusing on the second coming of Christ. Now, we're going to talk about both those things in a minute, but I did want to point out Remember how last week I was talking about how classical education likes to use songs and jingles and the like, and how we like to integrate the knowledge? Well, teaching the Latin versions of Christmas carols uses music to teach Latin, English roots, the true meaning of Advent and Christmas, all in one. See how easy that can be? Okay, I just wanted to throw that in there. So back to the meaning of Advent, now that we've broken down the word roots, And then we'll talk about how to talk to our kids about it and counteract the consumerist Christmas culture. Advent, at its heart, is about a longing. It's about that longing we have for our true existence, the one that's coming. Let's look at that prayer, that collect for Advent, one more time. It talks about that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. That's what our souls should long for. That's the great coming. That's coming in Advent. And it's the longing for this, the hungering for it, that keeps our eyes on Christ, keeps us following after him, keeps us waiting even when the waiting seems tough. Now, modern society has its own idea of longing. Oh, it it wants your children to be longing, make no mistake. You notice how many more toy and game commercials you've been seeing on TV lately? Yeah, 
Modern society wants your children to be longing for stuff, for things, for pleasure, for self-indulgence. It does not take a whole lot to move any human being to long for what makes us happy in the moment, until and unless we've been well-trained for something else. And even then, we sometimes slip up, which, of course, God knows, which is why he sent Jesus Christ to begin with. As St. John wrote in his second chapter of his first letter, If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And knowing this, seeing the immeasurable love of God in Jesus Christ, is what retrains our hearts to long for him, instead of all the innumerable stuff and nonsense that the world throws at us. So in this season, we're looking at and re-examining the first coming so that we can better prepare our hearts and our minds for the second coming. One of my favorite quotes on this is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great German pastor and opposition leader in Nazi Germany. And yes, longtime listeners of this program, you know it. I'm quoting an author from the 1940s at you once again. But trust me, if you've not read Bonhoeffer, he's definitely a 1940s author worth reading. I've been using an Advent devotional based on his writings for the past couple of years. And the first one for the first day of Advent always strikes me deep. Listen to this. Christ is knocking. It's still not Christmas, but it's also still not the last great Advent, the last coming of Christ. Through all the Advents of our life, we celebrate runs this longing for the last advent, when the word will be, See, I am making all things new. Revelation 21.5 The advent season is a season of waiting, but our whole life is an advent season. That is, a season of waiting for the last advent, for the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. I love that, brothers and sisters. It really puts the whole season in perspective, doesn't it? But how many people never get to hear that perspective? Especially how many young people, children and youth, never get to hear that. See, friends in Christ, I worry in this season. And I know, I know, I hear you out there. Worry is the devil's tool, and we need to have the faith to put it to the side. You're right. But let's think for a minute about how we normally present this season to our children. First of all, as we've mentioned before, forget Advent and waiting. Modernity's Christmas starts almost concurrently with Halloween. We seem to have absolutely no sense of anything in its proper season. If our children hear anything about Advent, they certainly don't hear it in school or in modern media directed at them. They see those calendars full of chocolates or prizes or wine or beer or tea, none of which have anything to do with a period of great waiting. They're hearing Christmas carols played in stores from about mid-November. And look, I love Christmas carols. I do. Ask my family. They get tired of them really early on. I get really excited when it's finally the first Sunday of Advent and I feel like we can actually play them legitimately. But I have to say that the older I get, the more I realize 
that we do ourselves a disservice when we start the carols too soon. We take away from our period of waiting, our period of longing, and we diminish the beauty of the gift when it does come. Plus, practically no songs that you hear, even if they are religious songs that have anything to do with Jesus, probably less than half of them, almost none of them have anything to do with the second coming, that great last advent toward which our hearts and minds should be turning this season. Frankly, the way most of us celebrate the season, even those of us who call ourselves Christians, as one old priest I know likes to say, it's more of an exercise knee-deep in self-worship, and this is exactly what Christ came to save us from. And remember before, I've talked about the fact that Children often see through us better sometimes than we see ourselves. Yeah. They're going to notice who and what we're truly worshiping if we let the world creep in and control our rhythms. And they're going to emulate us, whether we like it or not. So what's the answer? How do we get out of the rat race of modern Christmas and put ourselves, and more importantly, our children, into an Advent frame, a mode of preparation, of the hope, the waiting, and the longing that should color not only this season, but really our whole attitude toward life. First thing I'm going to suggest, of course, no surprise, turn to Scripture. You may have heard, there's a meme that pops up on my social media a lot lately, and you may have seen it on yours, that one good way of going through Advent is to read the Gospel of Luke, chapter by chapter from December 1st to December 24th, because Luke has 24 chapters, and it's the whole story of Christ. And that's not a bad idea. It is never a bad idea to read Scripture, ever. But I think there's even a better one. Because for one thing, in spite of all those 24-day calendars, Advent is not the 24 days before Christmas. It's four Sundays before Christmas. So it's an irregular period. Again, it follows its own rhythms, not the world's. And so should we. But really, there is no better time to truly concentrate on the narrative of the whole arc of salvation than Advent. Dig into it with your children, into passages about who Jesus really is, like John 3, 16 to 21. Get into the story of the creation and the fall in Genesis 2 and 3. Then read the prophets. See how they foretold the Lord's coming that God was planning to put everything right, to make everything new. And then, in the last week of Advent, read the birth narrative, hearing the actual first coming to prepare for the second coming. Now, just reading Scripture is a great thing. As I said, anytime, anywhere, anyhow, read the Scriptures. Read them out loud to your children. They need to hear this. We've talked about this again and again here at The Corner. But if the scriptures are then incorporated into family ritual, they stick with us even more. This is why I strongly recommend an Advent wreath service. What's that? Well, it's a short family service that involves several elements. First, candles are used, and as our priest and pastor at Jesus the Good Shepherd, Father Howard, puts it, used as a timekeeper. We mark off the Advent by its weeks, each week lighting one more candle in the four-candle wreath as we get closer and closer to the true light at Christmas. The wreath is circular, 
and it's made of evergreens, two symbols of the eternal nature of Christ. The candles are purple, signifying that this season is a little more contemplative, a little more of a penitent nature. It's a bit like Lent. It's a time for heart examination and getting ourselves closer to Jesus. In each service, there are prayers, songs, recitations, and the scripture that builds the whole narrative throughout the season. Members of the family can take turns, lighting candles, reading, leading. So it's very participatory, and young people especially can be made to feel as though they're part of the story. Remember how we've talked before about how children are often trying to find their place in the story? Well, this helps demonstrate it to them clearly and inculcates the longings and patterns that are God-given, not modern rat race-infused. Some of you may know this ritual from your church because you've seen it there, but perhaps it was never really emphasized as a take-home project. But trust me, it works beautifully at home, and it creates the traditions that form children's hearts in the right direction. It's still something that shapes and forms our home in Advent, even now when my boys are grown and practically grown. And different families have their own little unique family traditions, like my family does a special opening acclamation when we light the candles. We have friends who sing a particular song. And yet, even with these individual traditions, we're doing essentially the same service, spending the season in the same way, preparing our hearts and our homes to walk with the Lord. Speaking of homes, another thing we can do Decorate for Advent at the beginning of the season. I know, I know, it feels out of step to be using blues and purples, the traditional colors of Advent, when everyone else is decking out in the red and the green. But hear me out here. We are the church. We are supposed to be countercultural. We don't need to be in lockstep with everyone else. Jesus certainly wasn't, right? So let's show our counterculturalness in the everyday. The starting more somberly, the decorating slowly as we move throughout the season instead of all at once, the waiting for it. All this is much more according to the patterns that we're hearing in the scriptures that we're reading instead of what the world is telling us that we must do. Because we are awaiting people, aren't we? As a resurrection people, We're in that waiting period between the first coming of Christ and the second, and we know that we're called to spend that waiting as his people, walking in his ways. But the modern world in which our children are going to find themselves, yeah, it's not much into waiting. Have you been at a gas station lately? There's some of those gas stations, you're filling up your car, and a video starts playing. We've become a society where we can't even wait for the filling of a gas tank without needing some sort of entertainment to amuse us. People don't even wait in lines anymore. We all dive for our phones to check our messages. Yes, I did say we. I'm just as bad as everybody else, brothers and sisters. It's a temptation for all of us. We are being taught by our society that waiting, quiet, stillness, these are not good things. We grow in a, in a not good type of restlessness. We don't want to wait. But as I said, we're awaiting people. We must have the right kind of restlessness. So we must learn to wait. And we must teach our children. 
Bonhoeffer had another great quote on waiting. He said, Not everyone can wait. Neither the sated, nor the satisfied, nor those without respect can wait. The only ones who can wait are people who carry restlessness around them and people who look up with reverence to the greatest in the world. Now, friends, if this is true, if it's true that we need a restlessness, a hunger for God, and a true appreciation of greatness in order to understand how to wait, in order to walk the path that Christ has called us to between this first coming and the second, we're going to need a different playbook than the one that the world is giving us. We need to train ourselves how to listen to God, how to wait for Him, be still, and know that He is God in this crazy mess of a world that wants us busy, wants us overloaded, wants us never still enough to know truth. And more importantly, brothers and sisters, we need to train our children in this way, in a way that helps them to wait on the Lord, wait on the glory that's coming, wait on the light of Christ in all times and in all seasons. This is why we educate classically. When it comes to training our hearts and minds in waiting on the Lord, as we're called to do in this Advent season, we must train for the true, the good, and the beautiful. If children don't have those, nothing that they do have will do them any good. Now, if you know a little of the story of Bonhoeffer, you know that he was imprisoned by the Nazis for standing against them. And he wrote many letters from prison. In one of those, he wrote to his fiancée in December of 1943, I think we're going to have an exceptionally good Christmas. The very fact that every outward circumstance precludes our making provision for it will show whether we can be content with what is truly essential. I used to be very fond of thinking up and buying presents, but now that we have nothing to give, the gift God gave us in the birth of Christ will seem all the more glorious. The emptier our hands, the better we understand. My dear friends in Christ, I pray that this Advent we can all empty our hands and fill them with the Lord's work. I pray that we can empty our hearts and let Jesus come in. I pray that we can be the example to our children that the birth of Christ is all we need. His light, His truth, the true gift to humanity. In Good Shepherd School this season, as well as in Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church, we open our service at the Advent wreath with the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's based on the historic antiphons of Advent of the ancient church. Yeah, one more last crazy Latin word. Antiphons are responses to lessons and psalms, and the Advent ones were special for the coming of Christ. You may have heard it. It's occasionally played, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel that moans in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Brothers and sisters, we're left moaning in exile in this lonely modern world, but we rejoice because we know that Christ has come, and Christ will come again. That is what we teach our children. 
That is why we gather and pray and teach and sing and learn the true, the good, and the beautiful at the Good Shepherd School Project. We invite all who are longing in this restlessness to look and looking for this place where they can do the same for their children to get in touch with us. We can help parents to help their children rejoice in the wait in this Advent season and throughout the year. Whether it's as a full-time student with our taking the lead for parents on the homeschooling of their children, or for current homeschoolers in our afternoon atrium programs Monday through Thursdays. To learn more about our program of Christian classical education, check out our website at goodshepherdhenderson.info. Registration for our Epiphany term will begin right after Christmas. That website again is goodshepherdhenderson.info, G-O-O-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D-H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N dot I-N-F-O. To learn more about our church, Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican, or to support our ministry in school, please check out our website at vegasanglican.org. If you'd like to stop by and check out our services, they're at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sundays. We'd love to see you at 175 Casilla Way in Henderson. That website again, vegasanglican.org. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. Thank you for your support and for your prayers. Blessed Advent and Christmas. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us at the Christian Classical Corner. It's been a pleasure, and we hope that it's been a blessing for you. Want to learn more? Find out more about our school project at goodshepherdhenderson.info and more about our church, where you can support our ministry at vegasanglican.org. Thank you so much. Be blessed. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 8.30 a.m., for more talk on Christian classical education.